Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Queen City, let me talk to you. My WWE uh, fans would know what uh, that was right there, man. L.A. Knight, you know, when he comes and gets in the ring, he hits you with that. Let me talk to you. You know what I'm saying, Fiddy? I know you wouldn't know much about that, right? No, I might look like a WWE wrestler, but I do not speak <laughs> the lingo that you're talking about. What would your uh, wrestler name be, Pudge? Wow. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we're not even a minute into the show. Well, Pudge Rodriguez was... Um, and you, uh, you've already taken, you know, a subtle fat joke. <laughs> no, I just... Um, was that subtle? I don't know if that was subtle. You yeah. know, the, my, my former midday host, Nick Wilson, wanted to call me Otis. Okay, because he yeah, said I, I looked a it. lot like Otis, Otis Junior. I like that. And, Otis is pretty uh, funny. Uh, and my mom loves Otis uh, as well. She, he's one of her favorites. I like him a lot too. He's pretty funny, man. Yeah, but I went and looked him up and look, Wes. I don't. Y'all I don't do claim like y'all could be brothers. I don't claim to be pretty, <laughs> but I also don't want to be that ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Otis, uh, well, you would love to be in the life that he's in because he's had some stories with some very beautiful women, including uh, one going on right now. So uh, anyway, welcome in, folks. This is the Wesson Walker Show minus Walker Mail uh, out there on another one of his 40 uh, weddings that he's had to be a part of this year. So he's not with us today. It is myself. It is Josh Fitty Marlowe, and it is my man, Big Shrop, back there on the board. So this is the gang that you got today, and we're going to be bringing it. Keep those texts coming. Let's light it up. 704-570-9610. Hit those socials at Wesson Walker on Twitter, at WFNZ on Instagram, and Twitter at WestBrian underscore 72 at HTB underscore Josh and at Shroppy WFNZ on Twitter and Instagram as well. And I'm going to get the text line already going. I just saw it randomly as I was doing research and getting ready for the show. And I saw an article about the best college town in North Carolina. And so let's talk about it today. Okay. Uh, You've got Chapel Hill. You've got Raleigh. I don't know if I want to put Winston-Salem in there, even though I've had some Great, great nights there in Winston-Salem as an undergrad. (laughs) But uh, what's the best college town in North Carolina? We know the reputation that East Carolina has. So let's bring that. Any stories, any nominations that you may have, uh, let's send those in on that text line. Once again, 704-570-9610. Shrop, let's get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. All right, man, uh, definitely brought this to the forefront, South Fitty. 
made his comment, left an emoji on a picture yesterday. My son turned 12, so that was uh, pretty cool. I'm one year away from having a teenager, but the good part is people will tell me all the time that I don't look like I should have a teenager. But uh, yeah, he turned 12 yesterday, and of all the places I could have taken him for dinner, I offered to take him to Chima. I offered to take him. I said, you can have your pick of anywhere that you want to go. And he said, no, Dad, I want to go to Golden Corral. (laughs) And and that's where we went yesterday. And, uh, yeah, man, it was cool. He got plenty of gifts. Lord knows he gets plenty of money. Richie Rich, I'll call it, man. I mean, especially on his mom's side, he just gets lace. So now he's excited because he wants to go to the sneaker boutique and get him some foam runners or whatever it is. Uh, that he wants. So I told him to call me so I can make sure he's getting a good deal when he does all that this weekend. But I told him, I said, man, you know, my son's very tall. He's a pretty good basketball player right now. We'll see what the future holds or whatnot. But I said, man, your NIL deal needs to be with Golden Corral. I said, because you turned down Chima to go to. And I explained to him everything that Chima was about, what you could do and all that cool stuff. Because I told him we have a guy's night once a week where we go eat dinner together. And I said, we can, um, I said, Every year we'll go somewhere really nice. But uh, for his birthday, man, he said, I want to go to Golden Corral. How many plates did uh, did Bryce indulge on last <laughs> night? He had – he well, actually, so he sometimes he's funny. Sometimes he can eat a good bit, and then sometimes he'll talk a good game, and then we'll go places and he'll get full. And I know when he's starting to get full because he'll start talking a lot. And so uh, yesterday, so he goes and gets a plate, and he it's a decent plate because he loves barbecue, so he gets the barbecue and all that stuff. And then he went back, and he just got a side for his second plate, and uh, that was it. And then he barely ate the piece of cake I gave him, so he kind of folded. I gave him some grief about it. I said, man, you talked a big game. I said, you came in here and got folded up. You got to get at least three plates, when you, <laughs> right? I, I mean, mean, I, I mean two okay, good at least two ones and, and a yeah, salad. You got to at least get two, man. Even my girl, most of the time, she, you know, I take it in there, she might get one plate. But yesterday, you know, she, she got it in and I had my two plates, my normal two plates. And I skipped on the bread pudding. I love Golden Corral's bread pudding. And I even once said that uh, it was funny because my mom was like, uh, they would drop plates and break glass in here if they heard you say that. But when we were in Ruth Chris one time eating bread pudding, I said Golden Corral's is better. No. It is. I'm telling you. Go, go to Corral, in my opinion, is just, I don't know how you go in there and don't find something you enjoy a lot. I'll put their fried chicken up against anybody, and that bread pudding is fire. It was better than Ruth Chris. I'm sorry. Mm, I've never been to Ruth Chris because I don't got the money that you got, <laughs> no. but I'd be hard-pressed to say that Golden Corral's bread pudding is better. It is. I'm telling now, you, man. I will say their salad bar is as good as any yeah, that's any, what I'm any salad bar you're going to find from a buffet-style restaurant in the country. Are you, right. are you going to the salad bar in Golden Corral? Yes, the first thing I do, and I, the first plate I get is a salad. Wow. Hmm. I know I don't look like a salad uh, eater, (laughs) but uh, Hudge over there. So, yeah, man. So, a lot of fun, man. I got him a couple of sneaker coloring books and a sneaker kind of encyclopedia because he's into that now. So, he got a lot of stuff. So, that was pretty cool. But uh, going on in the city, Messi plans to play when they come into town on Saturday, Miami. Uh, FC, but Charlotte FC last night tied in their matchup with Miami, so now they're in a winning your in scenario, uh, I believe. Yeah, and and they need some help. They gotta have like two teams either draw or lose. 
Uh, it's why, you know, Willie Pete told us yesterday, the easiest path was to win both. If you won both, you were right. in. Now you draw, you know, you drew last night. Wes, they've given up, I think, was it, because they, they led in last night's game, what, 26 points from leading position this year. So if they missed the postseason, they could only blame themselves because the amount of games they have blown has been remarkable. Um, it's like they invent new ways to not win. They don't lose a lot, but they don't win a lot right. either. But uh, it's going to be intriguing uh, because, yeah, Messi in the Queen City, you'll have the whole turf debate. Will he play? Will he not play? But if he does go out on the pitch on Saturday night, you got you got to imagine it'll be one of the biggest spectacles we've ever seen in Charlotte sports history because this guy is on the Mount Rushmore of soccer if he's not just by and far and away the GOAT. And just – our luck too, man. It's, that's that Queen City magic coming through. It's like, oh, Messi, will he play? Won't he play? Of course he's going to play when everything's on the line uh, for Charlotte FC, man. So that should be very interesting. I've seen tickets. I've heard tickets going as high as 99 grand if Messi comes to play on Saturday. I mean, I heard the tickets are just outrageous, man. So uh, that should be interesting. But caught that last night and I was just like man can Charlotte FC just get a win and stop tying yeah it's it's frustrating but also I mean like I mean that's that's soccer you know it's just it's a sport that if you watch it you you see teams they give up go you know they, they score goals and then they just relax and give up goals um and it's been an issue for them all year long they cannot hold leads in the second half and Last night it cost them, and it could ultimately cost them a spot in the in the uh, MLS postseason. Yeah, no doubt, man. So that's going to be great to see. I'm sure Willie P has his thoughts on that, man. And so best of luck to them to try to get into the show, and hopefully everything falls right for them. Uh, NBA action, man. Preseason still going on. Finishing up, though. We get into the real deal next week. But Victor Wembenyama, if there wasn't any more reason for me to like him, or to cry over the immense skill that he has, that nutmeg that he put on the Houston Rockets player last night. And I did not reveal his name because I wanted to reveal one of the other reasons that just make me like this guy so much. It was on a former Tar Heel, Reggie Bullock. So it couldn't have been done to a better guy. But, I mean, Wemby just continues to just show why he is going to be the face of the NBA when LeBron James is gone. And this guy just looks like he's just going to be spectacular night in, night out. Look, y'all know me. I'm not the NBA guy that, <clears throat> you know, Walker is, let alone that you are. But he's must-watch television. Like, he, he's going to make you want to tune in because he's done stuff in the preseason. And, look, and these games don't matter. But he's validated that he his body can play at the level. And he's done some things. I go back to his, his first game when he did a swooping – kind of skyhook bank shot across the lane and now he's nutmegging dudes out there on the court his handle is you know it's got to get improved a little bit to be able to, to to be a legitimate ball handler in this league he's got to put some weight on but he's gonna he's gonna be a force i don't know how this dude doesn't win multiple titles multiple mvps and doesn't put himself in the top 10 when his career is done because the skill's there yeah man and so you look at 
everything that he's doing. I'm excited about it. The highlights are there every single night. He looks very comfortable. And that move last night told me, yeah, I'm comfortable with playing in the NBA game. The regular season, of course, is going to be a different beast. But uh, I think he's ready for it. Also, shout out the Las Vegas Aces win the WNBA championship. And for the first time in 21 years, the WNBA has a back-to-back champion. I watched some of that game last night. You had the Houston Comets that won from 97 to 2000. The Sparks did it as well. And then the Aces. So uh, Columbia's own Asia Wilson, former South Carolina Gamecock. I have her uh, Nike sneakers, and she took home the finals MVP. She's as dominant as it gets. Becky Hammond got a second championship as well. So a lot of history made last night. Shout out to them. Fiddy, did you watch uh, any of this game? Uh, I did not. I was tuned in to game three of the ALCS. It was also Breaking Bad Night at the house. Okay. But Asia Wilson is, you know, she was dominant in college. She's been very dominant since she got to the WNBA. And Becky Hammond is putting together the type of resume that is going to be hard for her to be denied a NBA job, you know, in the near future because she was a great assistant under Greg Popovich. Well, I think we could all say he's the greatest NBA coach of all time. Yeah. With all what he's accomplished with the Spurs. You know, she's gone to the WNBA and she's building a dynasty there with the Aces. At some point, I think an NBA uh, front office will, will give her a job, and it's going to be hard to, to to really push back against them because she can she can coach. All right, so text line is already lit up. People are uh, giving me grief on Golden Corral. 919 number says two places kind of weak. I mean, what do you guys want me to do? You want me to go in there and look like Kobayashi practicing for a uh, eating championship or something like that? So we're going to get to the text line because we've got some of that going. We've got College Town uh, nominations as well, and we're going to get into some Panthers talk. Our injuries giving Ejero Evero a pass, that and more on the Wes and Fitty and Shroppy Show, I guess today on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. To the Wesson Walker Show. Walker Mail not here today. It is myself, Josh Fitty Marlowe, and Shroppy holding it down. 
And uh, keep the text coming, 704-570-9610. We are off and running. Thanks for the birthday wishes for Bryce to start the show. Loving the Golden Corral banter. Somebody called it Hepatitis C Corral. Uh, I've eaten there many times, never gotten sick. So I don't know if I agree with that. A lot of people have those Damn. stigmas with buffets. But the one in Concord, the Golden Corral in Concord is very clean, very well <laughs> taken care of. So, yeah, I have no issues there and uh, never gotten sick. Bagel God chimed in, said that uh, good for my son. He said his girlfriend likes all the fancy places and they're good. But every year she asks me where I want to go for my birthday. And I always tell her. Uh, a burger and a beer. I feel like a lot of guys probably are pretty simple on their birthdays. I know I am. I mean, I don't need a ton, especially when it comes to food. I want something good that I know I'm going to like. One of my favorites. I don't need to, you know, do it all up. I've gone to some of the fancier places just for the experience, just to see what they're like. But for the most part, I'm pretty blue collar when it comes to eating, man. Just give me good food and I'm I'm good to go. Yeah, I mean, like. I'm fine with chicken wings and beer. My family, they started taking me to this steakhouse in Belmont. Mm-hmm. And it's it's fantastic. Uh, Colin Hogger can attest to it. And I told him this year, I was like, I don't need, you know, we can go to Texas Roadhouse. And they said, oh, we're not going to eat because it's your birthday. Yeah. You know, so it was basically yeah. my parents saying, we want to go eat there. We're just we're just going to take you yeah. along with us. <laughs> just so. include your birthday as part <laughs> yeah, of the reason exactly. we're here. So, you know, but I mean, I've, I've always been that, 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 that same way as well, where it's like, Give me a pizza. Give me some chicken wings. I don't need to go have, you know, steak and crab legs to make myself spill shows, feel special as I turn a year older and another year uglier. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So some of the nominees for best college town, number one troll, of course, doing what he does. UNC Charlotte has the best college town. We all know that that place is uh, known as a suitcase school. I don't know if it still is, but I know a lot of people used to refer to it as that. Nick says it's Boone or Chapel Hill. No question. Uh, Matt from Oakboro says ECU if you're 24 and under. I mean, I felt like that would be the choice uh, from a lot of people. Uh, a 704 number says Elon, hands down, <laughs> best college town in NC, fear the Phoenix. Uh, not sure about that. Durs from Huntersville says the only answer is Greenville, North Carolina. ECU might lose football games, but we've never lost a tailgate. All right, there you go. And, uh, Fiddy, do you have a nominee? Do you feel like the Chapel Hill is the best uh, college town? Have you partied and gone out after games and hung out in Chapel Hill? Were you rushing back to get back to watch games? Oh, no. I mean, I've, I've been on Franklin Street the night that they won the national title in oh, 2017. Yeah. So I've, I know what that scene is like. I've been on Franklin Street when they've beaten Duke and you set the first bonfire. So, I mean, of course, I'm a Tar Heel guy. I'm going to go... Well, Chapel Hill, because it's the only one that's called, you know, the southern part of heaven. Like, you know, I don't think the same thing is said about Greenville. Yeah. Don't think the same thing is said about uh, Elon. We're in Burlington, North Carolina. Uh, we all know that Duke is not heaven. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know it, it, NC State, no. I, w- I would love to go to Greenville if it was for like a non-UNC game. Like mm-hmm. if I just went, like if we took a show trip, yeah. right? I think I would love to go and see, is it really what it is cracked up it to is. be? Yeah. It is. Yeah, it I, is. I would think so, too, man. <laughs> they is. have a great reputation. Uh, Bradley Blank says Coastal Carolina. And right as you said what you said, uh, Jack said Durham with Duke and North Carolina Central. Uh, 704 number, I said in North Carolina, not Michigan. Got a North Carolina a t also from a 704 number. I know they're... Um, 
homecoming is the stuff of legend. And then uh, really quickly on the WNBA front, we got a couple of texts, one from a 704 number and one from a 910 number saying Hornets need to hire Becky Hammond. And then the other text says Becky Hammond, next Hornets coach, give her a shot. Well, we got to give Coach Clifford a shot uh, to be able to get this thing done this year. But in the event it didn't happen, that would be an intriguing hire. And uh, I would be here for it. I mean, her track record of success, she's coached at the NBA level. She's got a couple of championships. I think she would be good. I mean, you're talking about she she would have the Spurs connection, which feels like you got to have to coach the Hornets. Both Cliff and Borrego had that connection. But, you know, you, you, you look at how much she was entrusted by Greg Popovich on that Spurs staff. Then she goes to the WNBA and that the winning translates, the leadership translated. Um, and look, you know, we yes, we got to we got to let this year play out for Steve Clifford. Um, but. It could be a new move with new ownership in town. Yeah. That could be the type of move that ownership like would be willing to make if they're if they, they want to bring a winner. Because I think for a team like Charlotte in a small market, you got to think outside the box. You got to do innovative stuff that would definitely qualify as such. And you know, there's no denying the woman knows the game of basketball and would have the respect of the locker room. Yeah, I think so too, man. And I think that would be a move. But like I said, we want to give Coach Clifford his chance. So don't want to see him. Uh, out of there just yet. Want to see what he can do with this Hornets team. So now, uh, continuing the talk about coaches, the Carolina Panthers, they are on a bye week. We know that they are yet to get a win. And so a lot of the talk has been about the offense and how inept they have been. But let's take a look at the defense. And we know they've been decimated by injuries, but we've seen teams overcome that and still be able to put together units that are competitive. And so when you talk about Ejero Evero, uh, arguably the biggest assistant coach signing that they made this offseason because uh, they definitely gave him the bag. They definitely see him as a future head coach. And he came in with a lofty reputation after what he did in Denver. And when you go check out some of those numbers, Denver last season, just to remind you all, 14th uh, in scoring defense, but they were 8th in total defense, 23rd. Uh, in sacks they were in Denver and so not necessarily a star-studded group that he had there either except you know you talk about guys like Patrick Sertan the superstar rookie cornerback that he was the previous season but other than that not a ton of names they traded away Bradley Chubb halfway through the year to Miami you guys got a glimpse of him on Sunday and so when you start to dig into the numbers uh, of this defense they've given up 42 points in each of the last two games they're last in the NFL in second half points per game allowed with 17 and a half. That same category in Denver last season, they were fifth. Uh, and then when you break it down to per quarter, how does this defense perform? They're tied for 10th and first quarter scoring defense at 3.3. There's, uh, their second quarter points, they're 31st. They've, they're giving up 10.2 points there. Third quarter, giving up 6.9 points. That's 29th. And in the fourth quarter, they're tied for dead last uh, with 10.7 points allowed per game in the fourth quarter. They're seventh in opponent plays per game. So they're not you know, on the field to the extent where you feel like those numbers would lend you to believe that they're getting tired and gassed in games. They're seventh in opponent plays per game, so they're not out there for just play after play after play, drive after drive. Uh, 30th in rushing yards per game. That's up 22 yards from last season. Uh, the last three games has gone up at 152, where it's at now from 144. 
tied for 23rd in takeaways and tied for 21st in sacks per game. They're averaging around the same amount of sacks as they were last year, 2022. They were at 2.1. This year, they are at 2.3. So the question is, are the injuries giving Ejero a pass this year? Are we saying, hey, you know, he's had so many injuries, got to give him some time. And obviously in his first year at the post, you got to be patient. You can't expect Rome to be built in a day. But a lot of people preseason thought that he could take this defense from, you know, kind of the bottom rungs, fringe defense to up into the upper echelon. But we have yet to see that. Do you attribute that a lot to the injuries or do you feel like Evero might be, dare I say, just a little overrated? I don't know if overrated's the right word. Look, there's no denying that the injuries have played a part. You lost J.C. Horn, who's your best corner. Right. You lost Shaq Thompson, who became the voice of the defense. Mm-hmm. And I think it's definitely impacted the, the, the way that Frankie Louvu has played because he just hasn't felt as impactful since Shaq got hurt. I think it comes down more to just a roster and a personnel problem, mm-hmm. which brings you back to the conversation we've had since really 0-3, which was did, did, did Scott Fitterer build a bad roster? You have no one opposite really Brian Burns that can set the edge and consistently rush the passer. Mm-hmm. You lost Shaq Thompson, who... This isn't an this isn't a Pro Bowl caliber linebacker, All Pro linebacker. There's a reason his contract gets restructured virtually every offseason, right? Because they're trying to get you know the most value out of what his actual production is. And then you look at the secondary. It's why we said during in training camp we wanted them to go get another corner was because we knew look the track record says that JC is going to get hurt, that Dante is going to get hurt. We don't trust C.J. Henderson out there on an island. Lo and behold, J.C. gets hurt. You ask those guys to step up, and they're capable of making plays, but not consistently, and you find your your defense being exposed. I think the most troubling thing is what's the difference between what you're doing at home as to on the road? 37 at Seattle, 42 against the Lions. You give up 42 in Miami. Look, we all know that Detroit and Miami have really good offenses, they seem to be very competitive at home. What's not translating when this team goes away from the bank? Because when they, whenever they've left the city of Charlotte, their defense has put up worse performances. Yeah, and so that's the thing that you look at with this defense, and it's like, yeah, the offense is taking a lot of flack, but you also have to take a look at this defense, too. They have been, uh, you know, even when healthy, I felt like that they were good, but still not necessarily that punch that you thought that you would get because we know injuries are a part of the game. So that's going to happen. Now, have the Panthers been decimated maybe more than the average team? Sure. I mean, pretty much their whole secondary is out right now. And then you lose a guy like a Shaq Thompson in the middle of that defense. But you still have Brian Burns. You still have Derek Brown. There's still some guys there. We expected Jeremy Chen to perhaps take a leap, go back to where he was a few years back when he was a runner-up for defensive rookie of the year. And so... When you look at some of the players and you think about this defense, do you feel like that they would be markedly better if they were healthy? Or do you feel like that they would still be about where they are? I mean, I think the numbers would look better. I don't think they'd be 30th in the uh, in the league against the run. I don't think they'd be giving up 31 points per game. But, I mean, all that's hearsay because we just, we just don't know. And on the flip side, like, yeah, maybe even if they were healthy – and they were getting worn down, they'd still be giving up the points in the yards. I think that's what's most troubling is that this, you know, you gave the numbers. It's not like they're being on the field 
for you know 35, 36 minutes. Like when you're on the field that long, you're going to get worn down. You're going to get beaten up. It feels like I mean the other day you were given a 14 point lead, and it was gone in a quarter. Like the offense finally gives you helps you out. You're allowed to play with the lead. You're and like I know it's hard to defend Miami's offense, but we got to hold you accountable and say you can't give up a 14 point lead in 15 minutes. Yeah, and that's what happened the other. Day. It's why I didn't like the fake punt. I wanted to talk about this with you guys on Second Take Tuesday because mm-hmm. I got in theory if that if that gets converted. No one's sitting here complaining, but you don't convert it. You give a short, you, you give the most potent offense in the NFL a short field, and in three plays they're in the end zone. And so, um, I think the more troubling thing is they're, they're not they're not forcing the turnovers, and, and they they need to force turnovers. I think to compete, just because you know offensively you're a step behind the other teams in the NFL right now. Yeah, and see that's the thing. And I was saying that they're a seventh and opponent plays per game, so. You know, they're on the field, sure, but not to the point where you feel like they should just be by the fourth quarter just gassed uh, nonstop like some other teams. And so when you look at this defense, I thought that they would had a chance to be incrementally better, but I did not think this defense was going to go into uh, the upper echelon. This is a defense last year to remind you guys out there, 22nd uh, in total defense, 19th in scoring defense, 25th in sacks per game. Didn't necessarily see the the big ticket items brought in via the draft or through free agency to take this defense to the next level because my main thing was the sacks had to come up to be able to really take this unit to the next level. Yep. And you're only up two-tenths from what you were last year, 2.3 to 2.1. Brian Burns, he's been getting a sack every other game. Brian, uh, Derek Brown hasn't been uh, in the backfield as much to be able to create some of those sacks and those pressures like he had in seasons before. And those are your two linchpins back then. Frankie Louvu's production has also slowed down. So that's the thing, too, with this new defense. Do people want to attribute this to guys trying to learn and acclimate themselves to a new defense or have guys digressed uh, as players and not quite as good? Because we know it's a league, a year-to-year league. And so when you look at some of the guys who have been a little bit disappointing under Evero, I mean, Derek Brown, when you go to the PFF, 84 grade he had in 2022, he's got a 72 right now. He has 10 total pressures and six hurries uh, in these six games, whereas last year he had 40 pressures and 29 hurries. He's on pace to be under those numbers this year, so not quite as disruptive as you would want him to be. And then you look at Frankie Louvu. You know, he went from 84 to 74 last year, even though he had a really good year's run defense grade was at a 90, but now he's at a 67 uh, overall grade, a 71 run defense grade, so guys aren't up to par. And so that's the thing, too. It's like the coach can only do so much. Are the players kind of not uh, being what we thought that they would be this season as well? That's another interesting point. But just the whole defense, I feel like you can't give them a pass. The injuries certainly hurt. But I think when you look at Ezero Evero, I think next year as well, he's going to be even more under the microscope because I don't think this unit is going to finish statistically uh, where a lot of people thought that they would. They're going to have some reinforcements coming. JC will be back soon enough. Uh, Dante Jackson may return at some point as well. He'll be back. So he'll be able to get some guys back on that defense. And so next year, once they have a full offseason to maybe tweak the defense, he can go in and say, okay, I need this, I need that. Then we can see uh, what they are going to be able to do. But right now, we're going to go to our first shropping it like it's hot of the day. Shroppy, take it away. 
Alrighty, gentlemen, so this is for the Thursday night football game tonight, which is uh, between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the New Orleans Saints. Jacksonville head coach Doug uh, Peterson told ESPN that he expects Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence to start tonight. That's right, baby. Trev has got that football character. Ain't no injury keeping my boy out. Yeah, it still has to pend a pregame workout, but he has reported significant improvement in his left knee sprain. Yeah, I think he'll be good to go, man. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, it's one of those guys that you got to be, you got to kill him for him not to play. So I expect for him to play tonight. Sunshine's a gamer. Do we know if he's ever lost on <laughs> Thursday? Because you know he had the weird say he never lost on Saturday before he lost to Mahomes last year in the mm, playoffs. We got to check that out. I we wonder. I that. wonder if he's ever lost on Thursday because I think Jacksonville, after a one and two start, they've won three straight. They're starting to round into the form of being a, a sleeping contender in that AFC. All right. So, yeah, we got to dig into that. We got to get a uh, drum on that to see if he can find us some research for that. But when we come back, it is LaMelo Ball Mania. He's got commercials. We've got a scout's take dissing Melo. He's got a new grill. It's a lot of Melo going on when we return on the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. So I heard I only invented a dribble combo that's illegal in 48 countries. I heard he's starring in the next superhero blockbuster. They're calling him Mellow Man. I heard he got a bionic eye that finds the smallest holes in any defense. I heard he's got a tattoo that says not for years. Fresh as ever. Bruh, I'm literally him. He's him. I heard he's one of one. The only one. All right, folks, that what you heard right there is the new Puma commercial for the LaMelo LaFrance sneaker. That is coming out. It's the third edition of his shoe. I own pairs of the first two. But I love that when I saw it because it's a return to yesteryear. I've been wanting sneaker companies to get back to doing this very thing, shooting dope commercials. If you haven't seen it, go and check it out. Superpowers is pretty well done. You got some special effects. He he falls down from the sky and hits the ground, and the ground blows up underneath him. It is pretty cool. And so it's about that time of the year. The Hornets will kick things off next week. And so when you talk about LaMelo Ball and an article came out, a Chris Mannix article to be exact, where he was giving scouts takes on uh, the teams in the Southeast division of the NBA. And what came out about LaMelo from the anonymous, and I'm doing air quotes as I say this, anonymous scout He said, and I quote, LaMelo is a guy that will probably flame out. 
I just don't think he does enough all around. I actually don't think he's super dynamic offensively. I think he's just super dazzling. He's super dazzling. He's the dude with the best costume. He's just all the dazzle, and he's not that dynamic. Can he shoot it really well from three? I don't know. Yeah, he's pretty good and crafty in the pick and roll. He's not strong at all, so he gets pushed around. He can't defend anyone. I don't see it. I don't see it besides the cool passes. I mean, just wow. I mean, he just gave a very scathing uh, scout's take about LaMelo Ball. And one that I don't find to be true for the most part. Now, there were a couple of areas, like when he talked about not being that strong. Of course, I mean, he's a young guy. He's very slight as far as his build. And then talking about him getting pushed around, that happens. Saying that he can't defend anyone. We know LaMelo has to continue to work on his defense, but we had Steve Clifford on when we were at Hornets Media Day, and he was talking about how much LaMelo has improved in that area. And if you want to get into the analytics for the NBA nerds out there, you look at the defensive rating. So what I did was I went and looked at the – the guy that made all NBA at that point guard position last year, talking about Drew Holiday and his defensive rating last year was a one twelve, and his defensive rating for his career is a one Oh nine. Now in no way am I trying to compare LaMelo to Drew as a defender, but LaMelo's defensive rating last year was a one fifteen, and for his career, it's a one twelve. So yeah, he's off from Drew as we would expect, but not that far off. And it tells me that's a young man that's improving. They talk about what a gym rat he is, how much better he wants to get. Clifford says that you can always find this guy around the gym looking to get better because he just loves to hoop. And then when he says the part that I was just kind of out on this guy with his take was when he was talking about the shooting. Yeah. I mean, come on. How can you not say that LaMelo's a shooter? Now, if you're talking about from two and finishing at the rack, okay, yeah, I'll give you that. But when you look at this guy from a career standpoint, he shoots 37% from three, and he shoots the three-point ball at a high volume. Okay, he had a lot of injuries last year, still hoisted up 383 threes the year before that, 565, and shot at a 38.9% clip. So if you don't think this guy can shoot, I'm not sure I can trust your takes as a scout. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's a wildly, it's just flat-out inaccurate. It's like, because the numbers back up that he's a, Really good three points. You remember coming out, we knew the finishing at the rim was going to be a problem because of just the, his his build. He's not, but we all were worried about the shot because it looks funky. Well, but it goes in the basket at a very efficient rate. To me, he's once he becomes a better finisher, he's going to be a three level scorer. And once you're that as a point guard, you're unstoppable because he's got a nice mid range game. And then you you look at the three point numbers. You want to you want to say defensively he needs to grow? Yes, there's no denying that he needs to become a better defender. But and it, it, it doesn't pain me to say this, but but as a Borrego guy, Steve Clifford last year made him a better defender than James Borrego would have ever made him. There's more buy-in from Lamelo on that end of the floor, and we all know that defensive bat when you if you want to play good defense in the NBA. It really starts with effort and buy-in. Mm-hmm. I think he wants to become a really good defensive point guard. If you have the want to, with his length, it's eventually he's going to become a – he's not going to kill you defensively. Mm-hmm. And that's all you're asking him to do. Steph Curry's not a great individual defender. 
He's a great team defender, a great help defender. It's why he gets so many steals. LaMelo can be that type of guy for the Hornets yeah. with his length and his ability to get involved in the passing lanes. And so I'm just worried. I'm just concerned. Where did this LaMelo backlash come from? What did this kid do to get such a harsh take of a guy that is a really fun basketball player to watch 82 nights a year? Yeah. And so also, too, to your point about the defense, I mean, LaMelo is a career 1.5 steals per game guy. So uh, this scout, I don't know if he's jaded because they didn't get to pick him. I don't know what it is, but I didn't agree with a lot of his takes. Sure, there's going to be some areas in his game that he has improved on. The kid's 22. Yeah. So I don't know too many guys that are finished products when they're 22 years old. But as far as what he's done so far, uh, he was the second youngest all-star ever. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah. How put, much of this is the LeBron effect where LeBron came in as an 18-year-old kid and was and, and had the body ready to, to, to compete on both ends of the court and by 22 had taken the Cavs to the finals? Like, LaMelo was never going to be that guy. But he he changed the organization overnight. Look how different they are offensively when he's on the court and when he's not. They're, they're playing Ice Age basketball when he's not on the court. When he's on the court, this team is averaging 120 a night in their sleep. And so I, I think he has far, far and away exceeded every expectation upon draft night. Yeah. I don't know how you could look at what he's done and say he has not met expectations other than the injuries. And the injuries were freak injuries. Yeah. They were freak injuries, kind of like J.C. Horn. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think he's injury prone. I think he has had just pure bad luck in his two injuries so far in his first three years in the NBA. Yeah, and he's kind of on that Steph Curry trajectory when you talk about the injuries. He's starting to wear the ankle braces this year, so hopefully that will correct that because last year that derailed his season. But as far as just, yeah, he's not going to be a finished product. He's got a lot of things that he still needs to work on. But as far as what you're getting, I mean, if I gave you a blind resume, I love those. If I told you you can have a 6'7 uh, point guard that's going to average 23 points a game, that's going to shoot 10 threes a game at a 37% clip, also going to get you eight and a half assists to three turnovers per game and six rebounds. I think you'd be very interested in taking that. That sounds like franchise point guard numbers to me. And a guy that, like you mentioned, is 22. He's yeah. only He's only going to get better. And I love that you said he's on the Steph Curry ascension because I'm ready for uh, Parade City to come down Charlotte as he as he brings championship pedigree to to the Hornets. I mean, I just and look, I'm not I'm I'm not a Hornets fan. I'm not a Hornets defender. I love good basketball. And when I watch him play, I watch him play basketball at a really high level. And you know what he will be wearing if he comes down the street in that parade to hoist that championship trophy? Pumas. He may be, well, he'll be wearing <laughs> those for sure. They'll be very happy about that. But he'll also be sporting the new custom grill that he just got that people value at 80K. Mm. Okay, they call that water in the streets. Okay, he's got water <laughs> in his mouth. All right. Uh, big time, big time right there from LaMelo LaFrance because one of the colorways for his new shoe is LaFrance, which is his middle name. So uh, that was the commercial that you guys heard. So go check that out. It definitely gives you the return to uh, nostalgia when superstars had shoe commercials. I like it because we don't get a lot of those anymore. So when we come back on 
the Wesson Walker Show, but with some substitutions today. Josh Fitty Marlowe and Shroppy on the boards. We're going to go to the campus corner right here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.